Isn't it wonderful that we are in the Lord's house on the Lord's day with the Lord's people to worship and to exalt and to glorify him because he loved us and he has paid the price for us. So, you know, Paul writes that we are purchased possession of God. Can you imagine? Purchased possession of God. God has sealed and nobody can take us away all through eternity. And that's why we are happy. We are happy because he, we belong to him and he belongs to us because of what he paid for us. Not that I love him first, but he loved me first. And because of him, I'm here. Are you all right? Are you all right spiritually? How was your last night? Did you rest well? Oh, how wonderful it is. You know, when you don't rest well, then uh, you think that it is a nap time. <laughs> so it's wonderful to rest well. So you are equipped and ready to meet the Lord. You know, the Lord delights in his people. Amen. Lord delights in his people. And you know, when you are when you go to a big restaurant to eat, you prepare yourself. Oh, I'm going to have a wonderful time. For physical, I'm not, I'm not criticizing. It's wonderful. I, I think it ought to be when you come to the house of God. That I'm going to go in the house of God to meet the Lord and to learn his ways. That is wonderful, friends, wonderful. I'm so glad that you are here this morning, and we are happy to have you all. And uh, this morning, we are happy to have Ty and Amanda. Isn't it wonderful? And Michelle, after three, four Sundays, we see you again. Thank you that you are here. Wonderful. And who else? There are friends from Korea. They are here. Wonderful. And uh, Angela and Zach is here. What a joy. What a joy. Let us look to the Lord and pray, shall we? Almighty God, our gracious, loving Father, we bow our heads before you, knowing, Lord, that you are here. Your Holy Spirit is here, and we are so honored that you have given us your day in our life, counting us worthy among the living ones, and brought us together with health, strength, and sound mind, this is the day, Lord, you set aside, the day of victory over sin, death, and hell. And here we are, your purchased possession, to glorify you. And Father, we pray that you bless us now as we sit under the authority of your word. Will you please open our eyes, open our understanding, O God, that we may comprehend the depth of your word. What you have to say to us, O God, as Samuel stood before you in the Siloha and he said, Speak, O Lord, your servant heareth. Here we are, O God, ready to hear what you have to say. Give us the spiritual appetite so we may thoroughly enjoy every word from the throne of God. And O God, shut the ears to hear the voice of man and open the ears to hear the voice of the sweet Precious Lord, our Savior. Lord, we thank you that you are to do exactly what we have asked. Because, Lord, you know 
We are seeking your glory and your honor. I thank you for each person, those who are here. Satisfy them by your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. What a joy, what a joy. We are looking into, beloved, the great subject of the word of God, the work of Christ. The work of Christ. You know, when you think about the work of Christ, we always think about Good Friday, Easter, and death, burial, resurrection. We think about our salvation. Wonderful. Praise God for that. But, you know, we ought to understand the cause why? Why he has to be born in a manger? Why? He become incarnate. Why? He came to be served. He came to serve, not to be served. Why? He was a man of rejected, man of sorrow, man of suffering. Why? That is the cause. That is the why he came. That is the cause. We need to find out the cause. Why did he come? Well, if we were looking into Paul's panorama view of the mankind. When I'm saying Paul, it means God's. In Romans chapter 3, verse 10, 11, 11, 10, 11 and 12, Paul took the panorama view of the whole mankind. And this is what he came up to. And listen to this very important. He said, no one is righteous. That, that means no one is right with God. No one is right with God. Secondly, no one understands. No one understands. That is no spiritual capacity to understand God. Men are darkened by their own understanding. They claim to be wise. They become fool, Bible tells us in Romans chapter 1. Alienated from, God, from the life of God and given themselves to lewdness, lewdness, licentiousness. Then fourthly, so thirdly, no one seeks God. Fourthly, for fourthly, all turn aside. Isaiah said that everyone turn away from God. Everyone like a sheep turn away. And then because of that, they become useless. And then... No, none who was good. So this is the cause of mankind's sinfulness. And my friends, this is the way you have to approach your children. When you talk about salvation, don't talk about cross right away. But tell them, this is the mankind. This is your situation without Christ. Don't jump to the cure. Please. Remind them that God is holy we are unholy. We cannot claim God because of our sinfulness. And this is all you have to show your children. And then you bring them, bring Christ. Then they understand. Then there will be fear of God. So this is the man's condition without Christ. And you know, Bible calls us that is the depravity of man. The whole doctrine of depravity is... Unbelievable. And this is last Lord's Day I, I said about that. I told them that the depravity is, does not mean that man is void of any quality pleasing to man. We can please man. We can please our wife. We can please our husband. We can, there is nothing wrong. That, that is, but as far as the God is concerned, 
we cannot because our sinfulness, our all good works are filthy rags in the eyes of the holy God. In the eyes of the holy. So what is the depravity? It does mean that every part of man is tainted by sin. Sin is missing the mark. And we are going to see that. Last Lord's Day I gave you uh, uh, the doctrine of sin's paper. I hope you have re- read that and studied that. Remember that? Everybody had this copy? We need to run the copy. I we have you had here, right? Yeah, yeah, 10 copies for that. Thank you. Because there were people who were not there. This is the great study of the doctrine of sin. I want you to read when you go home. I'm going to touch it later on. But I'm talking about the depravity of man. The man tainted by sin. Man's motives are tainted by sin. Man's actions are tainted by sins. Man's desires are tainted by sin. Therefore, men are slaves to sin. You remember Paul said, I want to do right thing, but I don't do right thing. Because the sin nature still dwells in us. Sin nature still dwells in us. You know, last Lord's Day, I, I said that no teacher, Christian is a teacher, our friend, Gypsy is a teacher, and there are teachers, okay? Teachers. No, no parents hired a tutor to teach their children how to lie. No parents hired a tutor how to deceive, how to cheat, how to, ang- how to get angry. This is the tainted nature of sin in us. That is the nature of mankind. So as a, we cannot please God. So everything is tainted. Therefore, our desires, our motives, our actions and everything. Therefore, men are slaves to sin. Totally separated from God. And in condition in which it is impossible to please God. This is where you and I Apart from God, apart from salvation, we are here without Christ. Everything is tainted. We want to do right, we don't do right. And that is always, always there. So, we are looking into the now consequences of sin. The consequences of sin. You know, last Lord's Day I said, sin is dangerous than cancer. Sin is dangerous than cancer. Can anyone say why? I, I, saw, I told last Sunday. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Marty. Is wonderful. Those who do not have this, please raise your hand. Pastor Marty is kind enough to print out for you. You know why? Because you are precious. They still need, brother. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, keep it, keep it. We are very happy to have you this morning. 
cancer takes toll to the grave. But sin takes toll beyond the grave if you're not checked in, in hell. That's why it's dangerous. That's why it's dangerous. So, and, and then what, what you are getting into the paper, paper is the doctrine of sin for all have sin and the sword of the glory. All these Bible verses are so important. So when you have a time, take time and go through all these things. Read, concentrate, meditate. And if you have any questions, come back next Sunday and we will go through that. Okay. Sin is anything contrary to God in thought, in word, and in deed. Okay? In thought, in word, and deed. So, let me get into details, and you follow this very important, because it's very important. I want you to understand the cause for salvation. Then you know the cure. So, we are tainted in our thoughts. Well, what did Jesus say in the Sermon on the Mount? Matthew chapter 5 and verse 28. He said, but I say unto you that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. Stop for a while. What did Jesus have? had in his mind. What did he have? Well, this is very important verse. Jesus uses the word look. Whoever look, whoever look at, the word look in Greek is blepo, blepo. It is the present participle and it refers to the continuous, continuous process of looking. You see the, how it makes different? In English, it's a look at or look. But when you go to the original text language, it's a blepo. Look is blepo. And word blepo refers to the present participle and refers to the continuing process of looking. Gazing, looking. In this usage, the idea is not then idea that of incidental or involuntary glance, but of intentional and repeated gazing. Jesus is therefore speaking of intentional looking with the purpose of lusting. That's the meaning. That's the meaning. David was not at fault, if you, if you consider this definition, David was not at fault seeing Bathsheba bathing. He could not have helped noticing her. Because she was in plain view as he walked on the palace roof. His sin was in dwelling on the site and in willing committing, willingly committing to the temptation. He could have looked away and put the experience out of his mind. The fact that he had her brought to his chamber and committed adultery with her express immoral desire that already existed in his heart. Now let me compare with Joseph. Let me compare with Joseph. David, he looked and had a desire. Mrs. Potiphar, Genesis chapter 39. Follow very carefully. 
Genesis 39 and the Egyptian culture was you can have multiple relationships with anyone. Mr. Potiphar was the way for the job. And Joseph was responsible for everything. You know the story. I don't have to tell you that. He was a young man, very attractive, very handsome. Mrs. Potiphar gazed just like David gazed, lusting after Joseph, lusting after Joseph. Between David and Joseph, there is a difference. Bible tells us in Genesis 39 verse 7, Mrs. Potiphar cast longing eyes on Joseph, lifted up her eyes toward. Well, what about Joseph? How did he deal with? How did David deal with? David already committed. Joseph ran away. Why? What did he say in Genesis 39 verse 9? He said, how can I do this wicked thing and sin against God? Have you ever wondered? David had a man called Nathan. Joseph did not have anyone. Joseph did not have any accountability. He had no Bible. He had no pastor. He had no counselor. He had nothing. But what his parents and father taught him, it was deepened in his heart. How can I do this wickedness? How can I? David looked and he committed himself. Joseph, uh, Potiphar's wife looked at Joseph, ran away. David could have done that. Joseph did not do that. Joseph did not do that. You know, I wrote this, somebody told, and I wrote this, and this is very important. This is a profile, I'm sure you must have heard this. Saw a thought, S-O-U, saw a thought and reap an act. Saw an act and reap a habit. Saw a habit and reap a character. Saw a character and reap a destiny. How true it is. How true it is. Let me say it again. If you want to write it down, after the church service you can come, after the Bible study you can come up again. Let me say it again. So S-O-W, sow a thought, reap an act. Sow an act, reap a habit. Sow a, sow a habit, reap a character. Sow a character and reap a destiny. A destiny. Arthur W. Pink has written about this verse and he explained it long back. And this is, I, 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 I quote exact words and listen to this very carefully. If lustful looking is so grievous a sin, then those who dress and expose themselves with a desire to be looked and lusted after are not less, but perhaps more guilty. In this matter, it is not only too often, too often the case that men sin, but women tempt them to do so. 
how great then must be the guilt of the great majority of the modern misses who deliberately seek to arouse the sexual passions of young men and how much greater still is guilt of most of the mothers for allowing their allowing them to become licentiousness or lewdness for sin how true it is how true it is how true it is so in thought we are tempted in thought we are tempted tainted in also speech and word in speech and word colossians chapter 3 verse 8 beloved paul writes in colossians 3 verse 8 this is what he says but now ye also put off all those major ang- all those anger wrath malice blasphemy fill the communications out of your mouth we seen again we seen with our speech our word colossians chapter 3 verse 8 well let me slice it every word and quickly run down number 1 paul is talking about put off anger the word put off is very interesting word in greek it needs taking off clothes put off taking off clothes acts chapter 7 verse 58 you remember the first martyr of early church who was first martyr of the early church stephen can we have a fan on it's very hot thank you thank you brother mondi before the bible study will over i need a towel or take a bath all right put off the word put off in greek taking clothes off when stephen was martyr bible tells us in acts chapter 7 verse 58 that all gathered here the witnesses laid down their clothes same word put off take off laid off laid down well in romans chapter 13 verse 12 13 and 14 paul writes the night is far spent the day is at hand let us therefore cast off the works of darkness cast off the works of darkness like one who removes his dirty clothes at the day's end believer must discard the filthy garments of their sinful lives like anger anger paul writes a deep smoldering bitterness settled heart attitude controls of an angry person ephesians chapter 4 verse 31 paul writes let all bitterness and wrath anger clamor evil speaking be put away take off like the dirty clothes take off james chapter 1 verse 19 james writes be slow to anger 
be slow to anger. This is the practical understanding of the word. Wrath, unlike God's settled and righteous wrath, unlike God's settled and righteous wrath. You remember, they knew God, but they did not glorify. So the wrath of God revealed. That is the just wrath, righteous wrath. When, when the Lord came to the temple and he saw the whole temple became the business center. Remember? What did Jesus say? I would like to talk to the Pharisees and the scribes and have a conference with them and, and make a deal. If they're going to make 60%, I could like 30%. What did Jesus say? Why did you make my father's house a den of thieves? That is a righteous anger. Yeah. When was the last time you had a righteous anger? When was the last time? You know, our society has become too much insensitive. You know that? Frog. Frog. If you put frog in the cold water, frog would have a headache. But if you, too, if you slowly raise the temperature and come up to 180 or 200, frog would be dead. He would not see the difference. He's dead. This is what the sin is doing in our culture. How many people are already dead because they play with sin and they do not know what is right and what is wrong. Wrath. Unlike not like God's settled righteous wrath, but this is the sudden outburst of the sinful anger. You know what I think about? When I was preparing, I thought about John chapter 8. Remember the story of a woman caught in act of the adultery? Remember the story? Morning, Jesus was in the temple and People dragged this woman and said, this woman, according to the law of Moses, ought to be stoned and death. Jesus said, that's nice. That's very good. Good suggestion. But how many of you without sin cast your first stone on her? Their anger, sinful anger, self-righteous. And Bible tells us, their conscience was beaten and one by one by one left. Malice. It is moral evil. Here it is probably refers to the damage caused by evil speech. Then blasphemy. Blasphemy. That is the normal translation when the Lord refers to, when the Lord, when the word refers to God. But here, since it refers to the people, it, it translates slanderous, slanderous. Beware of that. So here we are in word, in speech, and then we have in deed. Everything is tainted, tainted deed. And that is the sins of 
commission that is breaking God's law and the sins of omission, not doing what you know is right. It's wonderful. We're talking about two avenues. Two avenues. One is sins of commission. That is breaking God's law. Pastor Murdy just finished 1 John. And in 1 John chapter 3 verse 14, John, sorry, chapter 1 John chapter 3 verse 4, John writes, and listen to this word very carefully, and here the Greek language helps us to understand. Chapter 3 verse 4. The reason I'm not asking you to open the Bible because of the time. And I have written all the verses so it will save the time and we can spend more time. 1 John chapter 3 verse 4, this is what John says. Whosoever committeth sin transgresseth also the law. For sin is the transgressions of the law. That is King James Bible, King James Version. But New King James was just try to understand and then it makes it easy to understand. Let me say it again. Whosoever committed sin, committed sin, transgresseth also the law. For sin is the transgressions of the law. New King James says, whosoever commits sin also commits lawlessness. And sin is lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. Sin is refusing to obey God's law. Sin is refusing to obey God's law. You know, many, many houses, I have seen that. Many houses, they, after they mow the lawn and the grass, all that, I said, keep off the grass. Don't go nearby. And when the children come out from the school, they want to go there only. They want to walk through the grass. Disobeying the law of the house. Disobeying the law of the house. Sin is refusing to obey God's law. It is rejecting God's standard. Here it is in fact living as if God did not exist. You know, I have three characters I wrote here in my study time. Cain. Cain. Cain offered something and God rejected Cain. Abel gave the best. God accepted Abel. What was the difference between? Bible tells us in Hebrew gives the commentary in chapter 11 verse 4. By faith, Abel offered. By faith. And now listen to this. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. So I believe God spoken, God has spoken to Abel and Cain. This is what, his, this is what he expects from him, both of them. Abel Obeyed. By faith he brought. Cain wanted to have his own way. As God doesn't exist. 
And then God accepted Abel and rejected Cain. When Cain treated God as he doesn't exist, he can make his own rules, he can make his own way to worship. You know, there are many people today, you know, I want to way, I want to worship my way. I don't have to go to the church. I can worship in my house. Yeah. Oh, friends, that means you are taking the coal out of the fire and they are going, you are going then to be one out. Saul, another character in the Bible. Saul was the first king. David was a man after God's own heart. Saul was a man after Israel's heart. God commanded Saul, go and smite all the Amalekites. And what did Saul do? He kept the best. What was discarded, he wanted to destroy. When Samuel confronted Saul, he said, I kept it all for God. And what did Saul, what did Samuel say? Obedience is better than sacrifice. You, can, you cannot make your own rule as far as the God's word is concerned. Saul made his own rule. Cain made his own rule as God doesn't exist. And then Achan, Achan, Joshua chapter 6, 7, you know that. When you enter the promised land, nothing, nobody should touch anything. All the spoil is to be brought in the treasury of God. Mr. Achan saw, disregarded the command of God. You know, my beloved, when any person disregard God's command and acts as he doesn't exist and makes his own role, they pay heavy price. Don't blame God for that. Please do not blame God. You, should, you ought to be on your knees like in, in Psalm number 139 and David says in the last few verses, search me, O God, and know my heart and try is there any wickedness in me. Cleanse me. Sin of commission. Sin of commission. That refusing to obey God's law, rejecting as God's never exists or his word is never. Early church father Christostom wrote, this is beautiful. Early church father Christostom remarked, I fear nothing but sin. I fear nothing but sin. You know why? God hates sin. Jeremiah 44 verse 4. When God hates sin, when we have the nature of God, how can, we, how can we compromise with what God had said? You cannot negotiate with God's word. 
cannot. Lord loves righteousness and he hates iniquity. Sin of omission. Uh, sorry, sin of omission. <clears throat> First John chapter 3 verse 4. Whosoever committed sin, the word commits in the Greek conveys the idea making sin a habitual practice. Habitual practice. The genuine Christians have a sin, nat sin nature. The genuine Christians have a sin nature. Chapter 1, 8. And do commit and need to confess. A genuine born again believer has a built in new nature. To check out and guard against sin. Sin is lawlessness. The first reason why Christian cannot practice sin is because sin is incompatible with the law of God. Sin of commission and sin of omission. This is very interesting. Sin of omission. Not doing what you know is right. Not doing what you know is right. That means when you know this is right, if you don't do, it is sin. James chapter 4 verse 17, Therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth not, it is for him he is committing sin. You know, there are many people who can do good for the people. My son goes to Lakeview Baptist Church, Lakeview Community Church in Clearwater. They have a team of men in the church. And same with Wool Gang in Jupiter. They have a beautiful Grace Bible Church. And they have a team of men, men, who are handy. They know the best who can, they can go out and help people. It's wonderful to have people like that. So in the church, if anyone needs, they will tell the pastor that, Pastor, we need this elderly person who cannot mow the lawn or any, any other reason. But these are the men who can do good. Pastor will give the list and if Saturday they will all go to different houses and do everything for them. Isn't it wonderful? Those who can do, that's such a joy. The whole team, every Saturday they meet for prayer and then they separate and they go. Whatever they, the list has been given by pastor, they go and carry on. James 4, 17. Isn't it wonderful? That, therefore to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. I want you to turn with me now. Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12. And verse 47 and 48. This is Jesus is talking about friends. Not any disciples. Jesus. He's giving this in the scripture. Luke chapter 12. 
verse 47. Loudly, please. Wow. Let's read all together. This is so profound. This is Jesus is talking about. Let's read one, two, three. And that servant which knew his Lord's will and prepared not himself, neither did according to his will, shall be beaten with many stripes. You cannot compromise. When a person knew the master's will, and when he doesn't do, the consequences will be high. High. Think about your personal talent God has given you that you can Use for his glory. And when you're not doing, one day you will be accountable for that. When you stand before the Lord, and the books will be open, at the judgment seat of Christ, the believer will stand, and the unrighteous will stand at the white throne of God. Remember that. And that's it, there would be tears. I believe that tears would be unfinished task. We will be very happy to see what we have done before God. And for that, we will be rewarded. But on the other side, other side of the coin, the page will be opened up, and this is what the Lord would say, this is what my son I expected from you to do. And you did not do. Thank you, Tim. Thank you. Um, if somebody is in need, Jim, in the neighborhood, regardless of church affiliation, anything, and if you know that person has desperate need, and you know that, and if you ignore and say the Lord will provide, James says that. If somebody comes in the church, in the church, and he said, 
God bless you, go on, preach, praise the Lord. John says that do by action. If anybody needs something, go for it. Help, help them. Out of their way, help them. And you knowing that you can do that, and you do not do that, and then you think about your own safety or security or anything else, go out of your way to help them. Help them. It's, it's amazing, you know, that that's a great reward in your heart. I said, wow, isn't it wonderful that I obeyed? I obeyed the Lord. And there's a joy. But when you do, do, knowing the fact and you don't do the fact, then it, it, it remains the guilt on your or in your heart. It's, it's, it's amazing how, um, you know, personal experience. I, I never give personal illustration, but this is personal illustration. I, I told Pastor Marty, this will help you. Two weeks ago, our cabinet door was not closing properly, and it's half open. We are not handyman. I'm not handyman. I don't know anything. I would mess up. My wife, she does. So we went to Home Depot. We went to Home Depot. And uh, we got the hinges, but I did not know how to do it. Saturday, we got hinges, and Hasu tried to lay our day. We could not do that. And my wife and I, we were scratching. I said, Lord, you know, Sunday was Lord's Next day was the Lord's Day. As I was right there, I was getting out from the ch church. I won't say the name. A man came and put his arm around me and said, I won't let you go without giving me a hug. And then he said, is there anything I can do in your house? This is not by chance. This is not my luck. Is there any pastor, is there anything I can do in your house? The tears came in my eyes. I said, my Lord, he knows, and he prompted this man, he comes along and puts his arm around me, what can I do in your house? And I told him, there was a joy on his face. Next day he came and he fixed it. This is the God, this is what the prompting of God and this is what the person can do, he has to do, that would be a great joy. We are serving the living God, my friends. Our God is not dead God. What you do for him, heaven registers everything. And one day what he will say, welcome, welcome. Would you like to hear that word from the mouth of the Lord? Welcome. Then do what the Lord would have you to do. Don't withhold. If the Lord has given you, do it. Reward is great. We don't do for the reward. We, don't, we do because we want to obey. All right, I'm done. And sorry, I, I wanted to go through this, but I want you to go through this.